there literary fans and welcome to episode 98 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host Jeff and today we are reading chapter 4 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Right there, there's three ways to contact me. And while you're there, consider buying a book I wrote. They're really, really bad, but they can be professionally printed. So it looks like you own books, huh? That's exciting. Um, well, welcome to the show. Uh, I got all that front matter out of the way. Uh, I guess we have some, we have a long episode today and we'll get to that in a second. Because we actually do have a little bit of feedback. Um, the lovely Laura, the other day, she did apologize for not sending any feedback yet. But she did point out, if people remember, I asked, would you stand in line for cookies? And uh, she knows exactly what line I'm talking about here. What, one town over from us, there's a macaron store. Is that how you say it? Macarons? I don't know. They're the little sandwich cookies, which, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But I feel like I want a coconut macaroon more than that, right? The Just the big pile of coconut and evaporated milk. Ooh, that's good. But they always have lines there around the fucking block. I don't understand why. I guess it's good, I guess. I don't know. I can make frosting at home and put it in between two pecan sandies it's not that hard so anyway she said she would never stand in line for cookies and uh i believe her she would not do that so uh, oh my laundry's done that's exciting okay so that was the only feedback she really gave i haven't heard from anybody else uh one our two-time guest host glenn hasn't written in about any of his stuff or texted me i guess uh that's about it though uh, that's all our feedback so how's everybody out there doing uh, this weekend, you know, was uh, we had warm weather here in Ohio, but we didn't really do anything terribly exciting. We did manage to buy a tree yesterday. Uh, that's right. We purchased ourselves a maple tree, which is annoying because they're always seeming to grow in my gutters for free. But this is a bigger one than my gutter maples. And I don't know. It what, with delivery, because you can't fit it in the back of a Honda Accord? This fucking tree's gonna cost me like 300 bucks, and I think I have to dig a hole. What the hell's that about? So, ah, uh, big pain in the butt. I gotta go plant a tree. The tree comes Monday. Uh, delivery was $70. Holy balls, isn't that a lot? But you know what? I just wanted it done. I guess that's how I looked at it. It's a big, tall tree. Great. Yeah. Uh, that's my big activity and news story for the week. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I've just been messing around lately. So doing work, you know, living life. That's about it. The weather's getting nicer, which is good in that I can keep the windows open and bad that I'm going to have to take care of my lawn and there'll be bugs. That Both those things stink. Uh, I did do some lawn fertilizing. Why am I telling you about like my landscaping? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's all that's been happening with me. That's why I'm telling you, because nothing interesting's been happening with me. Yeah. We're still kind of in this, like, little, I mean, this small pandemic thing. So, you know, I'm not running around going out to dinner or freaking playing soccer. I, You know, I play on a couple adult soccer teams. Played is probably the right word, because I'm not insane. I'm not going to fucking play soccer right now. I, 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 I did receive vaccinations, 
but uh, I, I just don't understand the logic there. I know everybody we play is going to be A, a piece of shit, and B, not get the vaccine because of A. So I don't really need to be like breathing heavy and slamming into them right now. I think I'll wait till maybe the fall. I don't know. We'll see. Whatever. Ah, I just made myself sad somehow. So why don't we talk about this book, which will probably depress me even more. I'm going to have a drink. We'll get to what I'm drinking in a sec. Mm. Anyway, today we are reading chapter four. And this is a long, long fucker. It's uh, 200 lines in my uh, text file here. So it's going to take a while to read, I think. I I think I was trying to... So this is like... You know, just glancing over, it seems to be like one contiguous scene that I didn't really want to break into uh, separate chapters. So I think in the last book we read, Homecoming, this would have been split into like five chapters. But uh, in this book, I'm trying to lean back a little bit towards like the bringing balance kind of scheme where I end with like 20 chapters. I think this one's got 30. I don't know. So this one's long, more like a la bringing balance. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the only note I have about this chapter is our heroes are going to file paperwork. These are just the best magic fantasy novels you've ever heard, aren't they, folks? Uh, I don't see any reason to delay this pain, so why don't we just go ahead and dive in to chapter four? So for today's episode, I am still sipping on a glass of uh, Wild Turkey 101 on the rocks, I think that's what I had last week, which, again, makes me feel better that I didn't drink the whole thing in a week. Yes. Mmm. It's very good, though my ice cubes melted, so I'm probably going to need a refill for this chapter since it's so damn long, and that's going to be great for my uh, afternoon productivity, don't you think? But it's Sunday. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. So I had it on Tuesday, didn't I? I did the last podcast on a Tuesday, so I guess it's not that impressive that I still have 101. (laughs) Damn it! Okay. (laughs) Why don't we start reading? Um, I think there's plenty of drinking breaks since it's so freaking long. (laughs) Here we go. I don't really understand. What will registering as magical do? Henry asked as they sat in the back of a farmer's cart, bumping along the dirt road. See, I told you they were going to file paperwork. (laughs) Maybe we can learn why they're doing it or what they're after, Margot replied, because that seems boring. Oh, God. This is such a freaking boring book. Okay, let's keep going. And I'm doing it because he trailed off. Margot sighed, thinking that the plan was simple. Listen, they need a bunch of warrior mages. They've dispatched ten of you to different towns. Oh, 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 I see. Okay, so they're implying, yeah, she's like, okay, uh, I spelled they've wrong. That's bad. Uh, They've dispatched 10 of you to different towns. So you volunteered me, he asked, raising an eyebrow? No, well, maybe, she conceded, but you would have been chosen anyways. She leaned into him playfully, trying to lighten the mood. Henry still sulked, though. Aww. And what about you, Henry asked. I'll wait, she responded. Oh, and help or get help if I think you need it. Just seems dangerous, he muttered. Just seems dangerous, he muttered. That's why they selected you, Margot reminded him. 
You two aren't going to get me in trouble, the farmer asked suddenly from his perch behind the couple. Oh, because they're facing backwards, I assume? Yeah, I guess so. Margo had forgotten that the man was within earshot. Oh, no, just doing our duty if he's going to get work, Margo responded, pointing at Henry. The farmer returned his eyes to the road ahead. Yay, drinking break! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. All right. I don't have anything to say so far. I just that... I don't think the beginning of this chapter really hooks any readers. <laughs> Why are all my books about paperwork? God damn it. I feel like bringing balance was acceptable, right? That wasn't bad. Everything else since has just been just shit. Okay. After spending the night at an inn in their target town. Ooh, that's some piss poor writing. <laughs> Henry felt a bit better about the plan the next morning. He was to head to the magistrate's office and register. Simple as that. He would lie about his name, skills, and purpose just to see what happened. Margot kissed, had kissed. God damn it. You're going to have to give me a second here. Margot, okay. Okay, I'm back. Had a little, like, coughing fit there. I think I was eating some peanuts in the shell earlier, and uh, I think something's getting caught in the back of my throat here. Pretty sure it's not, uh, you know... COVID, but... Ah, uh, okay. Margot ki had kissed him as he left the room in the late morning. She would stay behind until what? Uh, oh, God damn it. I got a page down. One minute. Okay. All right. Let me see here. Margot kissed him and left the room in the late morning. She would stay behind until he returned to only possible, possibly endanger one of them. She would try to watch as best she could from a distance. He calmly walked into the magistrate's office, which reminded him almost of a post office or bank in his world. You remember he's from the world of science? Because that's the terrible premise of these books. <clears throat> you know, that really doesn't play into these books ever at all either, does it? Yeah. The lobby had an island in the center where one could stand and write, and there was a staffed counter on one side. Today, a single man stood, working through some sort of form in the lobby. That's super fun. And a red-cloaked attendant stood behind the counter. Can you imagine if the post office were like bankers had to wear cloaks? <laughs> Henry walked up to the counter and asked, Is this where I need to be to register to use magic? Someone in town said I had to do so before I could be hired. It is, the man behind the counter nodded officiously. Do you have any identification? Like what? Henry asked, confused. Rolling his eyes, the attendant responded. I suppose not. That's because Henry's pretending to, well, I think he is a country bumpkin. Turning to some shelves, he reached and grabbed a form. You need to fill this out front and back, then bring it back to me. You'll then need to come back into the office for the final step. Ugh. Oh, that's a drinking break. Sorry, guys. Very good. I'm going to have a little more. This stinks. Not the whiskey. It's amazing, but... More the book and story and writing and... All right. I'm not reading very well either. Let's, let's try to tighten this up, right? I'm a professional. Margot tried to see Henry enter the building down the road from their room at the inn. 
but the angle made it more difficult than she had anticipated. She decided that a position outside might be necessary, and she decided to head outside. (laughs) Stepping outside her room, she locked the door behind her and headed towards the stairs. Walking downstairs, God damn, there's a lot of just repeated words in this. She heard little noise from the dining room she was entering. It was too late for breakfast and too early for lunch. The bartender was talking with just one man, who Margot recognized immediately. It's whom? Who? What? Which one? I don't know. The farmer had brought herself and Henry the last stretch into town Oh, God. The farmer who had brought herself and Henry the last stretch into town was casually standing at the bar chatting with a drink. What do you think he has? I'm going to say a Long Island iced tea. Margot cat. Ooh, maybe a Shirley Temple because he's got to drive later. Margot casually descended the stairs and walked towards the pair. Margot could see the farmer's demeanor change when he noticed her walking towards him. His eyes widened and his mouth dropped slightly open. Margot's own face transitioned to a cold, slightly angry countenance as she approached. Delightful to see you again, she stated without a hint of sincerity. Uh, yes, he managed after a moment. Must be off, though. Throwing coins onto the bar top to pay for his Shirley Temple, he hurried from the inn, leaving just Margot and the bartender in the room. What was that about? Margot asked, staring at the bar. Just what, down at the bar? That's weird. I wouldn't know, miss, the bartender replied, starting to turn away. Reaching into her pocket, Margot withdrew the equivalent of another night's lodging in coins and dropped them on the bar, causing the bartender to turn back. Perhaps you just forgot. Maybe you could try to remember. Sliding the coins into his hand, he said quietly, Such talk is dangerous, miss, in a public room such as this. But I am going to break behind the inn. Turning, he went into the kitchen and yelled, presumably at the barback who now emerged, to staff the vacant position. Ooh, spooky. This is like a a spycraft, you know what I mean? All right. When the barback asked if she needed something, she shook her head and calmly walked out the front door of the inn. Surveying the street quickly, she made a note of a few people who were seemingly loitering near the inn. She then studied the magistrate's office far down the street. Everything seemed normal. Especially the loiterers. What are they? they, Alright, what do you think they are? Are they like uh, medieval homeless people or like... uh, Drug dealers could be drug dealers. Magic deal, like illegal magic, like uh, like magic pills or something. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something funny and failing miserably. Hence why these books suck. All right. Let's see. Margot walked towards the alley leading to the stables behind the inn, stopping to feign fixing her hair in a window. Wow. Uh, That's impressive. She examined the reflections to see if anyone loitering had moved. Seeing nothing strange, she continued to the edge of the inn's front porch, around the corner towards the stables. Following the exterior wall of the inn, you notice I'm not calling out typos, I'm just pronouncing them. 
she found that the building turned back in on itself. Ha, uh, in. Created, uh, in on itself in the rear, also known as the butt of the building. Uh, creating a secluded area. A partial stockade fence hid an area from the stables, and she could see smoke rising from behind it. God damn, this is a terrible... Does anybody know what the hell is going on right now? (laughs) Uh, Coming around the edge of the divider, I guess that's the fence, she found a large covered grill of some sort. Yeah, make it some barbecue! Margo should have got some ribs. I bet they have some available. Like, it's not lunchtime yet, so they might be a little underdone. I like my ribs nice and overdone. You know what I mean? Like, real falling off the bone. All the fat in them is really cooked off. Yeah. I could go for some ribs. You know who has good ribs? Fucking chilies. Yeah. Ribs at chilies. Pretty damn good. I do want my baby back. All right. Let me see. Uh, I haven't been to Chili's in a long time either. During this pandemic, we do get takeout, but we're usually going to Applebee's. It's got, you know, the lovely Laura and I have a little bit of a history with Applebee's, so we still go there. But damn, their food is pretty. I don't care how they're preparing it because I do enjoy eating it. So I guess there's really no point in telling me that they're microwaving the chicken or something like that. You know what, though? I like it. So go to hell. Although, in fairness, I'm usually buying fried items. (laughs) Okay. You know what's really good there? Get the oriental chicken wrap. Oh, baby, that's good. Let's see here. Uh, Margo, Margo. Following the exterior wall, found a building, partial... Okay, coming around the edge of the divider, she found a large covered grill of some sort and the bartender sitting in a chair with a pipe. Smoking that ganj, am I right? buddy okay that's like from doughboy sorry i didn't mean to steal nick weiger's bit okay i mean we're kind of peers you know both being podcasters so i don't want him (laughs) obviously kidding (laughs) he was here last uh, night late he was here last night late ended up getting a room the bartender started quietly he likes to talk though said he brought two rebels in didn't know at the time he took a long pull on his pipe, and Margot began to feel goosebumps forming. Not the book. Yeah, you know, the goosebumps. Does everybody call them goosebumps? I don't know. I feel like that might be a regional word. Oh, my screensaver. Is that like, uh, I don't think they say the same thing in, like, England. Then again, they don't know how to measure things there, right? Am I right? Mm. Unit of measure jokes are my favorite things in the world. Said he went to the magistrate's office and told them, presumably about you. I figured it might be you, by the way. He described the woman, but I wasn't sure. Now, I am. Standing, he said, I don't want any trouble, but I would suggest that you and your friend leave town as soon as possible. (gasps) Exciting! Extinguishing his pipe, he headed back into the kitchen. Margwax quickly hurried back towards the main road. Drinking break! Ooh, exciting! Ooh. Mm, Okay. Okay, now we're getting into it. Am I right? Examining the form, the red-cloaked mage said, All right, Mr. Vandelay, you can step over over to the door. Someone should be by to open it shortly. What a weird way to word that. (laughs) I know when I go to the doctor's office and they say somebody will come out to get you, they always say, go stand in front of the door. (laughs) All right. Henry nodded and dutifully shuffled to the side. As promised, the door swung inward moments later, 
and another red-cloaked man awaited him. This way, please, just one more step, he said. Henry followed the man into a narrow hallway. I picture this hallway being like wood paneling and not like actual wood, like the shitty wood paneling. Okay. Immediately to his left, past the door, he could see the area behind the receiving counter, though the man who had originally waited, oh, had originally waited on him was gone. Ooh. A few more steps down brought him to another hallway. As he walked past, two soldiers smirked at him. To his surprise, they lunged at him, throwing him into the wall, one pushing his shoulder into his chest. Caught off guard and confused, Henry could feel the other attempting to cuff one of his wrists. Upon hearing one cuff lock shut, his confusion gave way to rage. He swung his free right hand into the shoulder's face, creating an energy burst in his hand just before it made contact with the helmet, sending the man sprawling across the floor. Foolishly, the second guard lunged for his right arm, and Henry swung the Henry heavy cuff attached to his left wrist upward, slamming it into the soldier's jaw. He stumbled backwards with a groan and a bloody chin at which he groped. Just as Henry regained his balance, the man leading him through the door sent a burst of energy into his right side, knocking him to his knees in the hallway. Additional guards now appeared behind him with weapons drawn behind him. Wait, isn't he uh, against a wall? Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, behind him. Behind the, uh, the okay, the man leading him through the door. So it's the, it's, they're behind the guy who just attacked Henry. That, okay. Additional guards now appeared behind him with weapons drawn. He stayed kneeling on the floor, trying to catch his breath, ignoring the pain and considering his options. <gasps> Drinking break! How exciting! And I need a refill for all this excitement. Had to run upstairs for a little refill, and this is not a good situation, I don't think. Maybe just a little too much of the uh, 101 today. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. I think I'm going to be fine. I have like a pot of coffee waiting for myself after this, so I should be good. So let's have a little sip and get back into this. If I can get the goddamn book back up on the screen okay i got a page down here folks uh doo, doo, doo. <clears throat> hmm. yeah that's good that, uh, that's good when margo approached the door to the magistrate's office a man ran from the building while asking what was happening might be useful she figured time was not on her side if he was fleeing something her pulse quickened, and she hurried into an empty lobby. She saw a single door leading out of the room. She could clearly hear a rustling of people behind it. She saw a burst of light, followed by the noise something or of okay, followed by the noise something or someone hitting the floor. I think we missed a preposition there. Immediately following that was a groan that she clearly recognized as coming from Henry. Oh no! Lifting her right leg, awesome, she kicked at the door just beside the latch. That's so fucking cool, right? Margot's so badass. Sending it smashing into the wall beyond. On the ground before her was Henry hugging his chest in pain. Further down the hall, 
was a now-surprised red-cloaked mage and a handful of armed men. Without hesitation, Margwax sent a fireball towards the mage, using all the strength she could muster. Her spell had the desired effect, smashing into the mage's chest and exploding, setting his cloak in the surrounding hallway walls ablaze as he fell backward into the armed men. And that's why I think it's that cheap wood paneling, and they probably nailed it right to the studs. Fire code says you have to fucking attach it to, like, drywall. You can't just have siding attached to studs. That's like, I mean, that's like building your house out of kindling. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. I bet you guys all appreciated this. Uh, Jeff's uh, construction minute during the Jeff Reads His Book podcast. Yay! Let's have a drink. Squatting down, she slapped Henry's face repeatedly. Henry, let's go. Time to move, she urged. With the groan, he rolled up onto his knees and left hand, with his right still grabbing his chest. I think that's supposed to be his. Taking his left arm to help him up, she now saw that he had a cuff on his wrist. Her guilt at getting him into this situation nearly derailed her escape, but she tugged him to his feet. Seeing the fire spreading quickly because of that cheap wood paneling, she wrapped his left arm around her neck, and the pair limped back to the lobby. They probably should fi- you know, follow fire code next time and maybe get a fire extinguisher. You, do you think in the world of magic they would have, instead of like water sprinklers, because they probably don't have the science for public water systems, do you think they have the science to like, uh, or the magic to create like magic sprinklers that would put out a fire i mean clearly this building doesn't but you know if you went to the magic supermarket in the world of magic would they have like sprinkler systems that rain down fire suppressing magic i don't know yeah doesn't matter right into the show jeffreadshisbook.com if you want to talk about uh building codes in the world of magic (laughs) um through the open door to outside, Margot could hear now hear men yelling. She quickly applied a stealth spell to hide them from anyone who might enter, and she managed to get Henry to the lobby's corner away from the hallway door. What corner? I mean, it's a room. It's probably got four of them. <laughs> Smoke was now billow into the lobby. Are you okay? She asked desperately. I just want to be clear real quick that when these parts of speech are wrong, it's not because I don't know they're wrong. I'm just reading the book as is. And I was writing probably on my second glass of 101. (laughs) Mm. You know what, though? Over all these books, I think I've established that when there's an exciting scene, I I make the most typos. I get the most spelling wrong. I get the most parts of speech wrong because I'm excited to put it on the paper. Got to get to this part. Ooh, this is exciting. So I think we're going to run into a lot of that shit. So I realize it should be now billowing into the lobby. I'm not stupid. So, I mean, maybe a little bit, but whatever. Are you okay? She asked him, asked desperately. Nobody can see or hear us right now, she said to reassure him. I'm just grand, Henry managed quietly. Noticing that his right arm still wrapped across his abdomen. That's weird. Why would you word it that way? She said, what hurts? Everything, he replied, but especially my chest. Also, I can't move my right arm. 
both looked up as two soldiers entered the room that was rapidly filling with smoke. Margot's spell worked, and they stepped back outside, yelling, They're not here! Check across the street! All right, time to go, Margot said with determination. Henry nodded, and they slowly walked from the lobby. Her spell held even in the eyes of the three majors, mages now gathered in front of the building. Oh, to be invisible. And she was able to slowly move Henry onto the street, past a neighboring building, and down a side road, out of sight of the gathering crowd. Drinking break! Yay! <laughs> Are you guys excited by that? That was fun. There was some magic. And not as, um... What do I want to say? As an explicitly described magical battle as usually as I usually write. So I think uh, a lot of it was just implied by Margot seeing a flash of light under the door. So, yeah. Mm. All right, where are we at here, yo? Margot, I'm fine, he reassured her. He was actually not sure he was fine, but he saw no point in mentioning this... Given their current whereabouts. Okay. Now, that's not good for a relationship if you're just lying about yourself being fine. I try. Sometimes I find myself not telling the lovely Laura when... What do I want to say? I mean, when it's something that hurts, but... uh, Let's see. What do I... How do I word this? You know, it's something that hurts, but that's not outwardly visible. Right? Like, she can tell if I have indigestion. Anybody can. But, (laughs) um, and that's not even like a farting joke, although, I mean, that is one symptom a lot of the time. But, like, uh, you know, my stomach will make horrible noises just as things are growling and groaning in there. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, more so like if uh, my knee hurts really bad because, you know, I got a fucking new ACL in the left one. Or, like... What else am I thinking? Just like a headache or um, that kind of nonsense. You know, just general like internal medicine stuff that's broken. Um, Sometimes I would try not to tell her and I don't know why I did that. So Henry, you should be telling her this kind of stuff, right? I I don't do that anymore. I usually try to tell Laura, oh, I took some Advil today or oh, I've had a headache for three days and I don't know why. Probably the 101. Okay. Um, boop, 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 boop. All right. He was saying, does it hurt? Does this hurt? Margot asked, touching his right side. Ow, yes, he yelled. Good to do when you're trying to hide from people. Very badly. That's what he said. Very badly. His side was in pain, but he had regained use of his arm. The cuff, however, remained on his hand. Oh, that's fun. I think you broke a rib or two, Margot said from her kneeling position in front of him that I worded badly because the word wrap failed there. Uh, He sat on the ground exhausted in front of her, happy to be off his aching legs. The spells had hit him with their full force, and he was still feeling their effects. I'll be fine, he repeated. But do you have a key for these, he asked, shaking the cuff still on his left wrist. Was it on his left? Yeah, it was on his left. Because his right hand was free, and then he hit him in the... Yeah, okay. Hmm, do they all take the same key, she asked. 
I think so, he said, remembering countless movies and television shows that Jeff also remembers and then put into words in a book. Do they all take the same key? Ooh, I have no freaking idea. I feel like they do, but I'm not sure. Who knows? Margot's arm disappeared into nothingness and seemed to fish around while her face showed concentration. When her hand reappeared, it was empty. T. Just the letter T. I don't know why it's there. No, nothing, she said. Can you break it off with a spell? It has some sort of ward applied, which is surprising, Henry said, examining it closely. Feeling Margot's hand on his face, he looked up to find her leaning in. Aw, I'm so sorry this happened to you. It's my fault, she said softly. Aw, are they going to kiss? It's not your fault, Henry said quietly. No, it is. I'll be more careful next time. Sometimes I forget that you're just a person behind all that magic, she admitted. Henry sighed. Next time? (sighs) Next time? Well, whatever we have to do next, she replied. Margot, what are we doing? he asked. When she just looked at him, confused, he continued. Look at us. We're in the middle of nowhere, both completely exhausted from a small battle that ended with our burning down a government building. No, they're not a valid gov, she tried to interrupt. Nevertheless, Henry continued without her uh, without allowing her to start in on a political lesson. That's good. You know what? I do that to people, too. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Okay. that That's mean, because I know, like, Glenn and... Um, I know Glenn listens to the podcast occasionally when he has, like, a room to paint. Yeah, and uh, if Katie's listening, too, I apologize. <laughs> Glenn should not make you listen to this. Anywho, um, I mean, we'll talk about politics on occasion, but I think we have the same politics, generally speaking, so... It's not like a problem, I I don't think. I I don't think I get as involved. And that's from, uh, I'm a bit older than uh, two-time guest host Glenn. And I think just being older, I'm more, um, that's not even right. Because this happened years ago. But I'm more, um, what do I want to say? What's that feeling where, well, I can't do anything about this anyway. Who gives a shit? Um. I don't know. I I, I gave up, I guess, in a way, right? I just see the government as a uh, black hole that I throw money into so they won't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't expect them to do anything good for me and other than create problems. So I just throw money at them so they'll go away, right? I think that's how I see government at this point. But, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what to say. I don't have any... I just don't care. I'm just a, I'm, I'm a tired old man. <laughs> okay. But oddly enough, I'm not a get-off-my-lawn old man. So that's nice, right? I, I don't care if anybody's on my lawn. I put chemicals on it, though. So if your kids are, are on my lawn, don't let them lick their shoes when they get home. Where in the hell am I in this book? Goddamn 101 is strong. Woo! Hmm. Nevertheless, Henry continued without allowing her to start in on a political lesson. Almost everyone we've encountered encountered, seems to be helping them. Them is the magistrates, I'm guessing. Not us. Oh, oh. Almost everyone we've encountered seems to be helping them. Not us. We haven't met a, quote, sympathizer at all in these parts. Just way out in Sandhill and further do they really want the magistrates gone. 
There's a unnecessary apostrophe there. Hmm. Oh, so we should just give up? Margot said with a raised voice. Oh, God. That's not what I said, Henry replied. Repied. Wow, that's bad. <laughs> that's not what I said, Henry replied. He wanted to explain that they should instead just stay far away from the magistrates, but he didn't have a chance. Margot stood, her face revealing her anger. I'm done with this conversation. You're just talking nonsense. She turned and headed towards some woods nearby the field they sat in. Margot, where are you going? Henry asked in exasperation. To find some wood, she said without looking back. We'll need to camp here tonight because we're both a mess. And that ends chapter four. So finally, in this damn dull-ass book, we got some action, right? That This is the first appearance of any magic whatsoever in this fantasy novel. That's right, chapter freaking four. But at least it was a battle, not a well-written one. Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, description of what was going on. I don't know. It was okay. I feel like... That battle could have been a little better described, but, I mean, it was in, like, a narrow hallway. I think it was too unclear how many people were there. That was my beef with it. I don't know. It was okay. It was okay. Um, I think Margot trying to watch from her hotel window was kind of shitty. I mean, she couldn't go outside. I would have gone outside. What the fuck? I don't know. That was bad. She doesn't know what she's doing. That's what I'm learning here, right? Yeah. Although... Didn't we determine, because uh, she's a badass, what did she do that was badass? I made a statement. If you remember what I said about Margot being badass, right into the show at jeffreadsbook.com. I have no idea. Uh, and then, you know, it ended. What are you going to do? So there was a long chapter because we tried to, like, fit the whole situation in this town into one chapter. Is that the right thing to do? I'm not sure. I don't know how to write books, clearly. I mean, I've written five. We don't talk about one of those, though. Am I right? Oof. <laughs> but, um, yeah. We've written five. Uh, we've. What is that? The royal the royal we? Like, uh, I don't know. Is that a thing? I feel like that's a thing. Like, if I think I'm that important, I refer to myself in the plural. Well, anyway, I've written five books, I guess. And they're all terrible. And I don't even remember what we're talking about. So who cares? Yeah, uh, I'm just excited something happened in the book. I will say in this book, we're going to have like, I don't know, like two more kind of things, situations like this. Tops, probably. So uh, if you want to bail now, it's probably not a bad time. (laughs) Okay, let's get on to discussion questions in case you're teaching this in, I'm guessing, high school advanced placement English. All right. Uh, Question one. Okay, so Henry tries to just interrupt Margot to get out of that, like, uh, political conversation, right? How do you get out of awkward political conversations? I don't know that I have a good answer for this. Like, I think my... My current technique is maybe like a, what, a soft 
acknowledgement of that person's point, maybe like a, a almost agreement with something. I mean, there's always some truth to everything, I suppose, right? Uh, when I was at NASA, that when I worked there, yeah. Oh, I worked. I was a contractor. Just fucking relax. Um, when I was a contractor at NASA, some of the other contractors would stop by my office and talk about. I don't know when. Who was president then? I don't even remember. I can't keep track of when I worked where. So whatever. But uh, they would kind of. They would go. They would lean far right, I would say, and just rant about, I don't know what. I just, I honestly don't know what. Then I'd get somebody leaning the other way who would stop by my office, and I would agree and laugh with both of them, but whatever. I just wanted people to like me. Wow. I think we just had like a psychological breakthrough, because I've always pointed out that I just wanted to appear cool so girls would like me, which... At this point, seems nonsensical since I'm married, and I guess Lara likes me. I don't know that she thinks I'm cool. Um, she definitely says I'm a dork. So, <laughs> but uh, and rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it's fine. Lara thinks I'm cool enough to hang out with me. So that's, I mean, that's always what I was going for, I guess, right, with the girls. But I wonder if my like trying to just what do I want to say? Um, not subdue, like uh, kind of appear agreeable to every political viewpoint is just me still wanting to appear cool to everybody. Like high school Jeff's mind is still stuck running the show upstairs. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, what, I mean, some of my friends, some of my friends, that's a bad way to say that. First of all, I don't have that many friends. Second of all, um, I agree with most of them, so I'm making this sound worse than it is. But I do agree with a lot of my friends on, like, political stances. I guess that's probably why we hang out, you know what I mean? But uh, we, and, you know, to be clear, we don't hang out right now, because I don't know if you noticed, but there's a pandemic. But uh, I get along with them, you know what I mean? So I don't think, a couple of them have strong views, but I tend to agree with them in the for the most part, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If you have any tips on just kind of skirting around political conversations, write into the show, com. I just don't have strong views because, as I said, I'm just kind of, uh, you know, I'm just a tired old man. <laughs> I don't know. when I, I, What are you going to do? I, yeah. You know what I do when I go to vote? I vote freaking third party all the time. I'm just like, you know what? Green party's good. Sometimes I vote libertarian to go the other direction. One of my economics professors ran for for governor of Ohio. He was my college economics professor. And you know what? He was one smart dude. And so I was, I was all in on him. You know what I mean? I voted for him no problem. Even though he's libertarian, which I guess I disagree with some of their nonsense. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm all over the map with political views. What are you going to do? That's fine, right? If you never change your views on like certain things, then you're crazy. You got to at least have like some understanding of what other people are saying. So that's all. I, what, that's all. I don't have anything else to say. If I feel like if I say something political, people will not listen to the podcast. Yet, I don't think that's a problem because I don't think anybody listens to the podcast. I'm basically speaking to myself when I listen to this in a couple hours. Okay. 
Question two. Uh, what did I write here? Can anybody read? Oh, oh. So Margot went into the hall to save Henry, shot a fireball at one of the mages, freaking his cloak went up in flames, and then the whole building burned down, right? Or at least caught fire because they used that shoddy, you know, um, manufactured wood paneling, which I, w- I was going to say, like, it's probably made in China, but I would guess that it's still made here because the machines to make it are still just here. I mean, they've been making that shit forever. So why would they shift production to China? I can't see it being cheaper to do that. I don't know. What do you guys think? Right into the show if you know anything about manufacturing wood products. JeffReadsHisBook.com But anywho, um, does that count as arson? I feel like that's not arson. I don't think that's arson. She may be assault and battery, but not arson, right? What does the battery stand for in assault and battery? Somebody told me that once. I feel like that's trivia I should know. But definitely not arson in this case. She didn't, like, light the fire while everybody was out of the building. So I think it's more assault and battery. But there's some side effects. There was a loss of property. I don't... Can the government get insurance policies on its building if it burns down? I have no idea. Does the government carry insurance for that kind of shit? It might. I know, like, libraries carry insurance against, like, what? Their their employees, you know, from doing things. But I don't know what... Uh, I don't know what happens. Yeah, whatever. <sighs> Those are our discussion questions. Pretty labored at the end here. I think you guys really appreciated my talking about politics without spouting any of my views which I think a lot of people consider extreme, but uh, not in the, like, QAnon kind of way. (laughs) Anywho, that is the podcast today. Uh, I've had two glasses of 101. Probably a bad idea. I'm going to go try to fold laundry. That's going to come out badly because of the aforementioned uh, two glasses of 101. But I do have, like, half a pot of coffee that's still hot upstairs. I think I'm going to go hard at that. That'll be delicious right now. Uh, so I hope everybody's staying safe. Get your vaccines. If you got a vaccine, why don't you write into the show? Head on over to jeffreadsbook.com. And right there, there's three ways to contact me. You can hit me up on email at jeff at rainbow-100.com. The 100 is numerical. Type in the digits, you dumb bastards. And the com is not like Elite Hacker. It's .com, not with a zero in it. Oh, do you think that's a domain I could buy? .c0m? That'd be pretty bitchin'. Okay, anyway. Um, what else can you do? You can hit me up on Mastodon, which I probably have more interaction on Mastodon than anywhere else. But you can hit me up on Mastodon at jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, which is easier for the masses. Because people actually use Twitter, and that's at Fortran Jeff. And anyway, uh, I hope you guys have a fun week. I'm going to be back next Sunday. Laura was going to tend to cats today for the first time in so many months. Oh my god. She's taking care of some sad kitties who don't have homes. That's sad. Uh, And, you know, that makes her, I guess, a better person than me. I guess. What do I want to say? I don't do freaking charity work, basically. Laura takes care of sad animals. That basically equates to her being better than me. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're saying, right? That's canon. It's in the podcast. It's a true thing. Okay. Anyway, until next time, 
keep on reading.